This is What The Flux. I'm Brett. And I'm Justin. And it's Tuesday, the 23rd of August. Justin, Bank Australia, one of Australia's greenest mm-hmm. banks, is no longer handing out loans for new cars that use fossil fuels, wow. including hybrids. But if you're buying a used petrol or diesel car, you're still good to go. Talk about taking a stand, Very Rooney. big stand, B-Man. Listen to this one. You may not want to shell out for those VR goggles that I know you are eyeing off <laughs> because jobs in the metaverse are declining. Oh, no. So job ads with the term Metaverse in the title are down a whopping 81% from April to June this year. It's according to Revelio Labs. Three vibrant stories today, Justin. Let's do it. For our first, Medibank has announced it's going all in on becoming a hospital owner and they've got the cash to back it up. Medibank making some moves, B-Man. What is the story here? Medibank is one of Australia's largest private health insurers. They've got two brands, your old classic Medibank and your savvy no-frills AHM. <laughs> now, Jazzy Boy, Medibank covers more than 3.9 million customers. Wow. And when you normally think of a private health insurer, you think of them as the company that funds a portion of your physio bills. Or a portion of your stay in a private hospital. But Medibank has been gradually making a shift from healthcare funder to hospital owner. I know. And now, my friend, Medibank has unveiled a hefty $250 million, what can only be described as a war chest, (laughs) which it plans to use some of that money to invest in a third hospital at some point. And these hospital stakes all come back to Medibank's push to expand the short stay hospital model. So what is the key learning here? The short stay model is an interesting business model in the hospital sector. Think of it as a type of private hospital designed to minimise the time you need to actually spend in the hospital ward. You see Justin with conventional hospitalisation you stay on the ward until you're pretty much recovered enough to take care of yourself. But with the short stay model the goal is for your stay to be as brief as possible. So fewer beds are used by non-critical patients. Fewer of those questionable hospital meals (laughs) need to be in. I like them. And much less small talk with patients in your shared room. And clearly the commercials stack up for Medibank Mm -hmm. because they're paying less for a patient who spends less time in a hospital bed. Mm -hmm. For our second story, Embracer, a Swedish gaming company just bought the Lord of the Rings IP. So get ready to spend more time in Mordor. (laughs) Thought Lord of the Rings was finally winding down, Brett. Seems not. What is (laughs) happening here? So Embracer is a big gaming company based in Sweden. Mm -hmm. They've got 230 games in development right now and around 13 thousand staff and around 850 intellectual property rights in the past decade embracer has turned into something of a shopaholic <laughs> yeah they've been picking up big name ip on the left on the right <laughs> in the center now we'd be talking justin's big names like tomb raider and borderland as well as hellboy and now embracer has added lord of the rings and the hobbit to their cart and it's not just video games b-man this ip deal also covers stage productions Ooh. merch and even theme parks well wow, <laughs> justin now uh, if you could hit me where it hurts How much did this cost? (laughs) Well, the deal's part of a group of six acquisitions that was worth just under 573 million US dollars. And it's proof that the trend of big gaming companies stocking up on franchises is only growing. So what is the key learning here? Some franchises come and go like a flash in the pan, but others are super sticky. And Brett, large companies are collecting these sticky franchises as a way to guarantee some reliable income. Over here, we have Exhibit A, named Disney. Yep, I know them. They bought up the production company behind Star Wars back in 2012 and it has sold nearly 120 million video games across the franchise. That's huge. But Brett, smooth sailing is not guaranteed when you make a video game adaptation of a big franchise. That would be Exhibit B, the (laughs) Ghostbusters movie, which made only $3.4 million. The movie made 
15 million. So Jazzy Boy will have to wait and see whether Embrace's big purchase was actually worth yeah. it. For our third and final story, Shopify, the e-commerce giant, is going to begin lending money to small businesses that are on its retail platform in Australia. Feels like these folks are doing a little something of a little everything, Justin. <laughs> What's happening here? Okay, so Shopify is the Canadian e-commerce platform that's been seriously busy lately, as we've mentioned in the pod quite a few times. Correct, Jazzy Boy. And this time, Shopify is laughing all the way to the bank. Literally, they are taking <laughs> on the banks by offering loans to Australian small businesses that are selling on their platform. And we're not talking a measly little 20 bucks Ooh, here. No. We're talking 200 to $2.5 million. It's called Shopify Capital, and it's part of a wider trend of non-bank companies embedding financial services within their platforms. Uh-huh. So what is the key learning here? Embedded finance is when retailers or tech platforms or other service providers offer financial services to their customers. Think business loans from Amazon. Think car loans from Coles. Think superannuation from Kogan. Or even insurance from Qantas. Okay, Justin, question for you. Why would non-finance companies actually want to do this? Well, Brett, to put it simply, companies that have loyal customer bases are looking for new ways to monetize their customers. And uh, it kind of works for customers as well, especially those who want the convenience. And those who are keen to shop with a brand that they trust. Get this, the embedded finance industry here in Australia is expected to be worth $16 billion US dollars by 2029. Wow. So you can see why Shopify is keen to get its hands into this space. FluxFam, yesterday on the pod, we made a little error. Yeah, we said Australia's future fund was worth just over $2 billion, but it's actually a lot bigger. Well done, Australia. It's actually closer to $170 billion. Big shout out to FluxFam member Doug for calling us out. Thank you, Doug. We are only human. So if you're keen to get a shout out on the pod or correct something we said wrong, mm -hmm. hit us up at flux.finance on Insta or on TikTok. Or send us an email, hello at flux.finance. That's what Doug did. Thanks for listening and we'll see you tomorrow.